One last.
O God, in whom mercy is endless, and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Amen. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, just a sampling of tonight's guest. Donna Corey Gibson is the guest on a special Wednesday edition of Deeper Truth. And we're going to be playing more cuts from Donna as the night goes on. You know what? We don't need to put this off any longer. Donna Corey Gibson, how are you doing tonight? Welcome to Deeper Truth. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm doing fine. That well, kid, you, uh, they might interrupt me, but I think we'll be okay getting through this. Well, the honor is all ours. And um, I, just, uh, I, I need to tell you that my favorite uh, contemporary Christian singer uh, was Rich Mullins, the late, uh, great Rich Mullins. Uh, and I came across you totally by accident. I was looking for... Uh, something online to help me with the Divine Mercy. And I came across your Divine Mercy and came across some more of the stuff that you've put out. And uh, let me just say that Rich Mullins has dropped to number two. Oh, I like Rich Mullins too, but thank you very much. Yeah, I love the Internet. It's great for getting the word out, isn't it? Yes, it, uh, this is a, uh, this is a little hobby of ours, me and Donald, and unfortunately my partner Donald uh, could not be with us tonight. He's normally, uh, or at least he could not be here for the full, whole show. He's going to attempt to to call in, uh, but he has a, a prior commitment he couldn't break free from. Uh, but this is a passion for us, the blog and the radio show, and it's, uh, Don, in these days and times, we have so much technology um so many ways to share our faith it's just a wonderful thing yes it has got us good um in the outlets that he gives us the tools he uses us to spread his word around Uh, the world exactly i mean look at look at me and you right now we are separated by about three thousand miles of land Uh, (laughs) in, in the time of uh in the time of peter and paul would have been very, very difficult for us to ever uh, share our faith with each other. Uh, that would have been almost inconceivable to cover that kind of a distance. And yet um, we have the technology. And, and the unfortunate thing to me is that so many people use that wonderful technology in such terrible and destructive ways. It's just... Uh, well, that, that's why I like the scripture that says where sin abounds, Grace abounds all the more. And Amen. that's why you find, I think, a lot of uh, basilicas and a lot of faithful people in the cities, because, you know, where sin abounds, there's going to be a lot more of God's help there because a lot more is needed. Well, let's uh, let's expand on that note because um, let's talk about the music industry because uh, sin certainly has abounded in the music industry. And uh, oh it's it's very disheartening to me when I see some of these singers that have undeniable talent have undeniable and amazing talent and uh and yet the stuff they put out is just i mean some of it is just terrible unfortunately it's a trap 
our, our culture dictates that this is the way things need to be if you're successful. And so much money goes into making these songs and videos for secular use that the investors, meaning the record companies, they need to make sure they're going to get their reward, their return. Otherwise, it's a waste of money. And so they have to hit the least common denominator. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. that is far and wide, and it's not very edifying. And so it's going down the, the tubes. And shock value does create a lot of dollars. And, and, and like you said, the, it, when when you do create music that is the least common denominator, not only do they make songs that are really aren't very moral or edifying, but they make songs that are eminently forgettable. And um, I, I, to me, I think if you've got that kind of a gift as a musician or a singer, you should really uh, – it, it's it's a craft like any other craft, and what you create should stand the test of time. That's right. Only what we do for God will last. It'll all, everything else will be burnt up. So, um, yeah, in the beginning when I started doing this, I didn't want to be lukewarm anymore and, and sing songs that really just served as a distraction to our one true goal, which is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right. And so I was beginning to see that the, even though um, they weren't, quote, bad words or bad lyrics, even just a, your simple mundane love song, they really get to be so idealistic that really only Jesus could fulfill that spot. So why not just sing about Jesus? And uh, I didn't want to be the lukewarm that God spit out of his mouth. So I decided I was going to start being hot. <laughs> you, know, you know, Donna, you just made such a, an important point that I think needs to be expanded on. Uh, because I read somewhere that you, where you had written this, and I thought, wow, that's really you know profound what you said there. Because... So many people, there's so much um, uh, divorce in our country and broken marriages, and I think a very uh, uh, big cause of that is because people do have such an idealistic and unrealistic view of love and marriage. Um, as I have found in uh, my 25 years of marriage to, to my wife, love is hard work. <laughs> it's not something that just happens to you. That's right. It's, marriage is such a great gift, and and uh, anything worth that, anything that's good that's worth keeping requires a lot of work. And uh, so we have to continue working on it. And and I had to learn later in life that there is no one person for you. I don't believe that from the foundation of the earth, God said you will marry this person. That I mean, He gives us free will, and we could have married anybody. We are given that you know, in, in our culture, we're allowed a choice as to who we choose who we fall for, who comes in our path. We could be mated with any number of people, but um, God has made it so that this person falls in our path and we have chosen this person. And there's God's ordaining will and there's God's permissive will. And most of marriage these days falls into permissive will, but it's no less a beautiful sacrament and covenant, and that can bring great glory to God if we are true to the vows and true to working on it and doing the work and, and dying to self and being like Christ was for his church. And uh, it can be a great means of holiness. And and really the end of marriage is uh, bringing forth new life and children. And right. um, so everything, everything works together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. A amen. And I, I've seen so much through my marriage that um, that 
it is such a reflection of Christ's love for the church. And, and I can, I find through my marriage more and more understanding, um, understanding uh, Christ's covenant and his, his love with his bride. Uh, why don't we play one of your songs and then we'll come back and I want to discuss an uh, experience that you had when you were 13 years old. So I'm going to play uh, okay. one of Donna's songs for you. This is called I Will Not Refuse the Cross. And we'll be right back on Deeper Truth.
message there from uh, Donna Cora Gibson, and it's uh, five times in the Gospels. We see five times in the Gospels we see this message. Uh, let me quote one of them. This is from Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus said to his disciples, "Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake." We'll find it. Donna, that's one of those those paradoxes of our religion, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Thank you for looking up that scripture. That, that's so relative to that song. That's a station number five on the way of the cross, the stations of the cross. And I just finished, uh, that's my new album, number eight, called The Way of the Cross. And I have a song for each station. And that's when Simon helped Jesus carry his cross. And then each song turns into a meditation, not only um, in a prayer, not only a meditation on the station, but how what our response is to it. And my response to that was, I won't refuse the cross. When it gets thrown at me and I don't really want it, well, I, I, won't, I won't say no. Okay, I'll do it <laughs> for love of you. A lot of Christians miss that point, don't they? Simon the, the Cyrenian is you and me. That's right. And there is no glory without the cross, and we're privileged when these happen our way. If we could just see with the spiritual eyes that these are gifts, these crosses, it w would help us to carry these a lot better and more edifying and win more graces not only for ourselves but for others, though it's the body of the church. And that's why, because we're all connected as um, the body of Christ. Absolutely. I want to take just a quick step back. And then I want to come back and talk about this new project because I'm intrigued by this. But I want to take just a quick step back. And I want to talk about an experience that you had when you were 13 years old, someone that you sang with at the age of 13. Oh, my goodness, Pavarotti. <laughs> you read my bio. Yes, Pavarotti. Um, I was in, a, in the Miami Choral Society. And because I was small and flat-chested, I got to play a boy in the opera Tosca. Mm -hmm. you know, with, with Pavarotti. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I got to learn a lot about the theater and staging and makeup and a lot of patience. And uh, the theater is a lot of work. How, how nervous were you in that moment, singing singing with the giant like uh, like Luciano Pavarotti? I was a kid, and I had no idea he was such a giant. I just knew he was a big name. Oh, uh, I, I was, think was, as time has come by, you've come to realize, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's kind of fun to say I sang with Pavarotti. And the next year I had an even bigger part. I did Verter. And um, it, was, it was kind of neat doing that. I didn't study opera, you know, singing vocally, until, uh, let's see, not high school, high school and college, end of high school and college, because they required it for the music school I went to. So I had to study opera. But it's it's amazing I didn't let it, <laughs> I didn't let it affect my voice. <laughs> They say learning opera is, is a totally different skill from pop singing. Right, and it right. Really and it's it's uh, it really puts your skills to the test. Uh, you really have to have a strong, uh, strong voice and a, um, a strong, you know, range, strong vocal range. I will say, uh, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, when God was handing out gifts in terms of singing ability, uh, He passed me by. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
Yeah, it is, I mean, it's it it is a blessed gift, and it is and it's wonderful that you use it for um, uh, for the edification of the church, and and you're actually helping Catholics to go deeper into their faith. And nowhere is that clearer than this this project that you just completed. Um, when do you expect the the Way of the Cross to be to be released? In a few weeks. It just went to the replicators. And I should have them all in just a few weeks, and then they'll be ready online. If you go to my website and just put your email address in there, um, I'll send you an email saying, hey, they're ready. And you go to DonnaCoreyGibson.com. Well, I have already done that, but for the benefit of our listeners, uh, once again, that's DonnaCoreyGibson.com. That's D-O-N-N-A-C-O-R-I-G-I-B-S-O-N.com. And uh, so... Let's talk about now. Let's back up and talk about the CDs that you have uh, released to date, and I believe I ordered all of them from you. But let's let's oh, talk about what you've what you've already put out. Well, there's a theme running through them all, and it's it's prayer. When I first started doing this, I said I left secular music, and I, I wasn't never going to sing again because I didn't know I could do something like this. I thought music meant big studio, fancy studio, and ex- excellent musicians, and lots of money, because that's the world I came from in New York City. And so when I moved to Seattle, because I met my husband in Israel, and he was traveling from Seattle. So when we got married, I ended up in Seattle, and all away from everything that I ever knew. And um, I was just going to make dinners and be a happy homemaker, and never sing again, but I sang a, a song for my my husband at our wedding and my father-in-law came to visit and said, when are you going to sing something again? And I said, well, I quit that. And he stomped on the table and got got mad. He said, you can't quit. And my aunt was, when God inspires me to do something, I'll do it. And having my weekends available now as a non-musician, I was able to go to a Marian conference for the first time. And I got an inspiration to sing prayers. I'm a, I'm a lay Carmelite and mm-hmm. the a charism of Carmel is prayer and contemplation. I really prefer to just stay at home, be invisible in my little corner, and pray. So I thought, a, you know, a good compromise would be to sing prayers. And so I came up with my first album, Prayers from Heaven and to Heaven. I took some prayers out of the Pieta book. Everybody likes the Pieta book and some other favorite prayers and put them to music, thinking nobody's going to want this. <laughs> this is so silly. But um, I made these copies and then trying to distribute them, there was some interest, and somebody asked me if I could sing the rosary. And I was trained to always say yes and figure it out later. So uh, I did sing the rosary to myself, though, on my commutes from when I lived in New Jersey to New York City. It was an hour commute. So I I started singing the rosary, so I did have a melody. just didn't have it recorded. So I went ahead and recorded a rosary, and then that... They did very well, so then I did a third album, um, Scripture Memory, uh, Prayers from Scripture. One is even in a third-person Jesus prayer that he prayed that they may be one, and I just changed the tense and said that we may be one, but using the exact same words so that we can not only you know pray with Jesus but hopefully with his heart and his intention and at the same time memorizing Scripture and I have the Canticle of Zechariah word for word and Magnificat word for word. And a prayer of the, uh, John Paul II and their Come Holy Spirit. 
And then uh, St. Ignatius after communion prayer, Anna McChristy, that seems to be the big hit. Everybody mm-hmm. likes that. A number of people sing that in their churches after communion. I travel around the country, and I sing at the masses to promote the concert that I might give Sunday afternoon. I'll sing a, a communion meditation, and it's always Anna McChristy. And so and that's how people hear of it, and the musicians there just love it. And they started singing it with their congregations. And so, um, and then so keep, in keeping with the theme of sung prayers, I had to move on to the chaplet. If I'm going to sing the rosary, I have to sing the chaplet. So I right. got, to, got in connection with the sisters in Poland, and they gave me permission to use their photo of their um, painting that hang, actually hangs there in Poland where St. Faustina received her visions and revelations. And So that's on the cover, and I also sing other prayers that Faustina has written in her diary, word for word, in most cases. And I had to rearrange some of them in, in this case to make them rhyme and the meter fit and all that. And then prayers of the great saints. I got St. Ignatius, St. Basil, St. Francis, another St. Francis, um, Teresa, and St. Therese of Lisieux, and um, Patrick, a breastplate of St. Patrick, and a mass prayer there, and spiritual communion, which is a, is a prayer that we should pray anywhere, anyway, to receive the graces that we would get as if we were receiving communion, actually. Well, why don't and we listen so, uh, to that right now? Oh, okay, go ahead and put that on. This is a Spiritual Communion, and we'll re- be right back, and uh, Donna will continue telling us uh, uh, about uh, the CDs that she's put out. Now, I know a lot of you are out there listening because you sent me messages and emails telling me you're going to be, uh, be listening, so don't be nervous about calling in. She won't bite, I promise. 646-595-2071 is the number if you want to call in, if you have any questions uh, or comments for Donna. This is Spiritual Communion. We'll be right back on Deeper Truth. My God, I believe that you are truly present in the most holy Eucharistic above all.
Donna, I just have to tell you that that song is indescribably beautiful. It's just amazing. Um, we have a call. You know, I get a I get a lot of comments like that, and really the words have a lot to do with the effect of the song. I really just write the melody and try to make it sing. But these words, these these come from uh, the great saints of our Catholic Church. I forget which saint wrote that one, but you've seen the spiritual communion written in prayer books. Before and I know I've seen a saint name associated with it, but I just can't remember who it is. Right. And, and you, our Catholic faith is so rich, it's so deep, right. and I just want to bring bring it out and make it accessible to people in you know in our in our culture. It well, that song just touches so me to my it. very core because I've been at that place where I just messed up. <laughs> I knew I messed up, and and I wanted to receive our Lord. Yeah, in the sacrament of uh, the Eucharist, but I knew at that particular place and time that I couldn't, and uh, and and I reached out and did that that spiritual communion, and and the song just touches my heart. Uh, the caller we have, uh, my partner on here on Deeper Truth, was able to break free from his uh, assignment uh, to call in uh, Donald, the Catholic defender, um, Donna Corey Gibson. Hi, Donald. Uh, Donald, are you there? Donald. Donald? Okay. Well, for some reason, uh, Donald's microphone is not uh, <laughs> is not transmitting right now. So, until we uh, until I can hear from him, you said you lived in New Jersey for a while. Donald, are you there? I now? did. Oh, we got Donald now. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you now. I can hear you, Donald. Can you hear me? Great. Okay. Wow. Well, you know how it is when you get these glitches. I'm out on the road right now. I'm out on the the highway and uh, kind of doing an assignment. I'm doing a a study, you know, like uh, in business and in other things like safety. In the military, we always had to do what we called a risk assessment, you know, risk factors, you know. Health-wise, you know, smoking has an effect on your health. Well, I've been kind of looking at a new uh, article that I'm writing considering uh, risk factors on our spiritual health and how that affects Mm -hmm. our spiritual health because there's a lot of things that we're doing in our society that does affect our spiritual health in a negative way. And, Donna, what you're doing is an antidote for much of what the problems are. Amen. I mean, <laughs> Christian music. I mean, you understand? You catch what I'm saying, John? No, I I, I um, catch exactly what you're saying because uh, let, let's just say there's a new song out that's uh, the message is not particularly uh, pure or edifying, uh, but the song's got a catchy beat. That's 
that song is going to be playing sure. inside your head over and over again, even if unintentionally. And and what, you, like you said, what Donna has done is given an, an antidote to that edifying, uh, spiritually cleansing music. Um, that if you hear Donna Corey Gibson's music repeating uh, in your head over and over again, uh, that's a good thing. That can only be a good thing. Well, it's a oh, prayer, yeah, and certainly. so you're inadvertently praying at the same time this song is stuck in your head, and that's the idea, because too many times I've had some doo-wop ditty stuck in my head saying <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> complete complete well, one nonsense. Thing I, will also tell, I will also tell you also, Donna, that, I mean, for the past 50 years, you know, Christian contemporary music has, I mean, when it comes to non-Catholic music, have really gone far and above uh, the Catholic uh, mentality as far as music goes. But I think that world is changing. We're catching up with uh, you and John Michael Talbot and, and a whole host of other Catholic artists yeah. that are on Dana. the horizon. Dana is one of those uh, one of those singers. You're absolutely right. Well, I also noticed because the... I listen to some Christian contemporary radio, and I see some Catholic influence affecting Christian radio. I've heard songs on St. Augustine's prayer. Um, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I have my version that I wrote, what, six years ago? I just heard it a couple months ago. Some A new artist um, was singing that same prayer on his own rendition on Christian radio. And also another artist was singing something about... Uh, by um, not faith alone, but by work, something like that in the lyrics. And my boy, they're getting more and more Catholic as time you know, goes by. I think uh, Rich cool. Rich Mullins was the preeminent example of that, though he was uh, he he was really uh, bringing uh, the Catholic message into into the contemporary uh, Christian music. Um, let me tell you a little story about um, Rich Mullins, uh, Donna. I don't I don't believe in coincidences. Um, you, are you familiar with his his last CD, the Jesus Record? Yes, I have one. Yes. Uh, well, he the demo part of it. You know, it's how it's in two discs. I, yep, I've heard and it. The demo part portion that he recorded in the church on a Kmart tape recorder. Well, it just so happens that uh, Rich Mullins recorded that on my thirty third birthday, September tenth, nineteen ninety seven. I don't believe oh. that's a coincidence. <laughs> and, you know, okay. Jesus was 33 mean? years old when he was crucified. <laughs> well, that's exactly the point that I was making. Uh, I, I believe that that was a, a message that spoke to me personally. That uh, okay. that this this um, this album was very very special and um, Rich Mullins' music. Uh, I, I'm 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 not ashamed to say that when I got the news that Rich Mullins had. Uh, had passed away. I cried. Died. That was a very yeah. difficult day for me. I, we were doing a Jesus Fest at uh, St. Uh, Michael's Catholic Church in Oak Grove, and we had outdoor music going on. And all It started like 8 o'clock in the morning, and it went till about 10 o'clock at night. And uh, when the news of Rich Mullins came over to uh, to us about his death, everybody stopped and prayed and, I mean, uh, gave uh, honor to uh, Rich Mullins. Uh, one thing that's about his Catholic side, I love this song called Creed, which Third Day has actually done a remake of the song Creed. Uh, I think, uh, Donna, that uh, you're right, that there are a number of, of uh, non, 
Catholic uh, groups out there that are very open to Catholic understanding once they understand it. Have you heard of the group called Tin Man and Scarecrow? Scarecrow and Tin yes, Man? Sure. They, uh, they uh, were a uh, band that was started out Protestant, and major members of the band converted to the Catholic Church back in the uh, 90s and were influenced by World Youth Day and the Pope, and they began to play at those events. And uh, they started a Catholic uh, record uh, studio there in uh, Florida, and my kids, we, uh, I mean, uh, we actually sent them some of our music that we were doing. We had a Christian band that we called Final Hour. It was an all-teenage band. And uh, we sent them uh, some examples of our music, and uh, they thought that two of those songs that we sent them would have made it would have made a good uh, showing on uh, CCM, which, you know, we were just tickled to death. But unfortunately, I got stationed uh, out, outside of the States, and <laughs> history is what it is. But yeah. uh, Catholic music is uh, has an opportunity to grow, and, and Donna, what you're doing is very important uh, to the aspirations of Catholic artists because 20 years ago, I got a son that plays drums, and there was no place for him anywhere in the Catholic Church. If anything, he would go be play, he'd be playing at a Protestant uh, service or a, a Protestant uh, function or something because there just well, was not nothing. Anymore. Yeah, people in play the Catholic drums Church. in mass all the time. Yeah, and it was almost like we were you. kicking out the little drummer boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> Donna, let me let me tell you what I what I loved about Rich Mullins over and above all of the other uh, Christian singers. Um, and, and they, you know, there is a time uh, for, uh, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. <laughs> but, but Rich Mullins covered the whole spectrum of the Christian experience. And sometimes you just don't know where God is. It is. Sometimes you're just lost and you're in that darkness and that despair, uh, and that's as much a part of being a Christian as as uh, anything else, dealing with tragedy, dealing with adversity. And I honestly believe that one of the songs he recorded on that Kmart tape recorder was the best song that Rich Mullins ever did. And I just, it grieves me so much that he never got a chance uh, to finish that song. I just want to play just about a minute of the song uh, to to make the point, um, and then I want to get your comments on it. All right. So 
Okay, that's that's enough to to, to make the message. That's a very very uh, uh, heart wrenching song, and uh, every story that I've heard about the experience that he was going through when he when he um, wrote that song is is uh, one of uh, absolute despair. He had lost someone that he loved, and uh, and and was feeling that abandonment uh, uh, as as our Savior cried out from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's ironic. I wonder if he knew Saint John of the Cross at the time. Was he a, a Catholic long enough to go deep enough to know about Saint John of the Cross and the dark night of the soul when you feel God has abandoned you, and it's God's way of purifying you to see if you're going to love Him for His sake alone and not for His gifts and consolation. Right. right. So maybe, well, maybe I know that, uh... he didn't get a chance to be Catholic very long. I don't even, no. Was he even no, baptized he and received into the church? Well, no, the point I didn't. That, even no, he, he wasn't properly received in the in the church. The point that I was making is, uh, when he's writing this song from the depths of despair about how far away God is and about how far away heaven is, and he went home nine days later, nine days after he made that recording. Uh, so. Yeah. He was he was literally on his way from he was on his way to Kansas where he was going to receive his first holy communion so he was uh on the literally on the road and he got uh into a fatal uh automobile accident that uh that's uh, just a sad thing that happened uh, God took him but like the good thief on the cross uh you know he was taken and so uh as far as I'm concerned he died a catholic and uh, he, he was Catholic in mind. Uh, one of the things that uh, I think about when I think of uh, Rich Mullins is his mentality about the saints itself. Yes. You know, he saw that he was raised a Quaker, uh, and the influence of that, that very strict type Protestant background. And through his Catholic learning, he came to understand that the, the Catholic Church were not overrating the saints as much as he felt that uh, his Protestant background underrated the glory of God, which yes. when you look at... Yes, we have such second, a treasure I mean, there. In, exactly. In First Corinthians... Go ahead. Yes. First Corinthians chapter uh, 9 or 2 verse 9 says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it pondered in the heart of man what God has in store for those who love him. And when you look at that, we're all going to be given a crown of glory. What our mother, the, the Virgin Mary, has been given with her crown of glory, the 12 stars, <laughs> Revelation 12, 1, right. uh, we will also receive a crown of glory. And we will, when, when we go in, when, when we enter to uh, the eternity, we will place our crown at the feet of our Savior. And you know what he's going to say to us, Donna? He's going to say, "Well, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the home so. that my father has prepared." <laughs> well, that's what that, that's that's what our faith is all about. We trust well, in His word. Let, let me let me make this this larger point, Donna. The point that I'm uh, I'm trying to make. Uh, I think there's many uh, well-meaning uh, souls uh, in the in the Christian community, uh, particularly in the Protestant community. Uh, that kind of sell what I believe to be a, a an actually destructive uh, version of Christianity, uh, the so-called prosperity gospel. 
uh, and that's if you uh, if you believe and your faith is strong enough. Everything in your life is going to be just peachy, and everything's going to be wonderful, and you'll never have any hardship or pain in your life. That ain't what the Bible says, is it? No, it's not. And let's see, take up your cross and follow me. You you cannot have the glory. And St. Faustina says it's to the degree that we carry our cross is the degree that we share in his glorification. And some people, they drag their crosses behind them grudgingly, and others wow, that's embrace them. Yeah, well, others was, embrace them. Uh, it was St. Teresa of Avila that said that those who suffer most are closest to Christ. Uh, and and when you really think about this, this is a, this is a, a a wonderful kind of irony uh, with respect to the devil because the very thing that he's using to try to destroy us is the very thing that brings us that much closer to our Savior. Uh, and and very very few people uh, realize that very, uh, people think that they're entitled to uh, happiness in this world and think that uh, what their heart longs for can be found in this world. But uh, as you pointed out, uh, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. Right. We were not made for this world. We are just sojourners. And our goal is in heaven. And it, we should uh, Yes. Suffering helps us to store it up, store up these, these graces in heaven. There's a story about a, a rich man who, when he died... Um, Peter was taking him to his house, and um, he, they passed all these fancy houses. Oh, that cer- certainly that must be mine. Oh no, not yours is a little further down the road. And and he saw another one that you know it was kind of nice, pretty good. Uh, that maybe that one's mine. Oh no, that one's uh, not yours either. A little further. And then they get to the shack, and this is <laughs> yours. And he said, what do you, what do you mean? He says, well, this this is all we could build with what you sent up. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I guess it's an, ex- it's an exaggeration, but it's true. You know, he's preparing a place for us, and he says, store up your treasure in heaven where moth cannot eat and thief cannot steal. And um, it's not exactly. just for us, but for the sake of his body Donna, and church, as St. Paul says. Yes? I've only got I've only got a couple of minutes left, well, about uh, seven or eight minutes left, but I do got a question for you. We kind of started it on uh, Facebook. Uh, what about you coming down to Texas in between Austin and Waco when you get an opportunity? Let's do it. Let's do it, but not in the summertime, okay? Well, what we're going to do, Donna, I want to make a commitment to you. The Deeper Truth uh, team is going to put together uh, the funds to bring you out for a concert. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not not in agreement necessarily in agreement with my brother Donald about. You know, Texas, you know, because if you're going to have a concert in Texas, it's like having a concert in Saudi Arabia, you know. So. No, I was just It's wonderful and it's great people, awesome hospitality. I'd love to go to Texas again, maybe for I, the Way of Cross in Lent concert. I'll have video accompanying me. You did I, say that you lived in New Jersey for a while. Where did you live in New Jersey? Exit 98 on the Parkway, Spring Lake. Okay. I lived uh, 10 years in New Jersey myself, worst 10 years of my life. I can honestly say that I've been through 10 years of purgatory, and now when I die, I expect to go straight to heaven. 
Well, that's too bad, but I enjoyed uh, New Jersey. <laughs> but um, all, all, all kidding aside, um, we do um, plan on having you out for uh, for a concert. And I want to talk about um, your concerts when we come back. Let's uh, let's hear one more of Donna's songs. We alluded to it a minute ago, so let's hear Restless.
praise the Lord. There was a prayer of a saint by St. Augustine. He said, our hearts are made for you alone, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. They sure are. Uh, Donna, this hour has gone way too quick. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I want to thank you again uh, so much for coming on our show. Before we go, you talked about your next project. You were thinking of doing an album for Our Lady. Yeah, um, I'm collecting songs. As, yeah, I'm a lay Carmelite, so I like to collect songs from the Carmelite tradition. And popular songs, prayers, hymns to Our Lady, maybe even some that others aren't as familiar with, you know, because they're, they're a little more ancient. And I want to try to bring them up to date, you know, make them more accessible. Well, I'd like to tell you a, uh, a short little story from my personal testimony uh, that I'd like you to consider uh, because mm -hmm. it it really was a, a life-altering uh, event for me. Um, my family had gone through some very serious tragic events, and um, in a in a moment of despair, this is when I lived in New Jersey. In a moment of despair. Um, I cried out to God, why, Lord, why? And um, I turned on the radio and heard the comforting words, there will be an answer, uh, let it be. The song about <laughs> Our Lady who comes to us in times of trouble, uh, and in our hour of darkness, uh, she's standing right in front of us. And, of course, it's the song Let It Be by the Beatles. And I actually start almost every show with that song, uh, but in this case, we started with the, the montage. So I would um, ask you to you know, prayerfully consider if you're going to do an album for a lady doing a cover of that song. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay royalties, and I'm especially not going to do it to the Beatles. <laughs> okay. No, and I already know that that wasn't written for Mama Mary. That was written for a lady he knew named Mary. And well, and, he, and, uh, he 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 claims totally he wrote it. He, that he doesn't. Yeah, for he, somebody he, else, he totally wants to distance himself from Our Lady publicly with that song, and so I'm going to let him. And uh, oh, I'm just going to okay. do tra traditional hymns or, um, you know, hymns and prayers oh, and scripture well, that's, and that's, yeah, that's I don't fine. like to pay royalties. <laughs> that, that's that's fine. It was like I said, it was just a it was just a thought. Um, but that song touches my heart. I love the heart. song too. I mean, I love I, the song too. I don't care what he what he says he wrote it for. I I don't believe he even knows what he what he wrote when he wrote that song. Um, he said it was based on his mother, his mother Mary. Um, but uh, okay, that's fine. That's no no no. Okay. No, my feelings are not hurt. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm still recovering from my last album, Stations of the Cross. And um, so I, I think I should take a few months off before I even start thinking of another. But I already have, I decided I was going to do a second edition of the Art Catholic Faith CD. Mm -hmm. Art Catholic Faith is like a compilation, the best of, of all the albums. It's what I do at concerts for the most part, except it's a lot longer than I usually do at a concert. And in between the songs are scriptural apologetics, why we believe what we believe as Catholics. Short ones, but, you know, you won't be too overwhelmed. Little stories on why we pray to Mary, scripture for why we believe Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, and what goes on during Mass, why we pray to saints, and, mm -hmm. you know, purgatory, and, and things like that. So um, 
that's the Art Catholic Faith. I'm going to give that a little revamping and come up with a new song as an well, opener. Why don't we close by you uh, giving our listeners um, uh, some information on how they, they can get more information on seeing you in concert, uh, getting your CDs, videos, um, um, your blog, and your Facebook page. In fact, I, I, uh, you just wrote an, uh, an article on your blog about Father Karapi that I liked very, very much. So uh, give our listeners some information where they can uh, get more of your material, see you in concert, and uh, find out uh, what's on your mind from day to day. Everything about me um, is on my website. All my songs, you can listen to clips of all of them. Concert dates, is there information about me personally? Um, and that's www.donnacoreygibson.com. Corey is spelled C-O-R-I, donnacoreygibson.com. And uh, there's a link there to the Facebook page if you're into Facebook. And, my, and there's also a link to my blog. And I don't write very often because I'm kind of busy, but... I don't think people need to check in with me every day anyway, or anybody for that matter, as far as twittering on tweet or tweeting on Twitter. That's, <laughs> to me, that's a lot of waste of time, too. So I just post maybe twice a month on my blog. And if you're interested, you can read my comments and see what I'm up to in the studio or in my travels and things like that at DonnaCoreyGibson.com. But I do want to encourage everybody to take a listen uh, to my my newest album, Stations of the Cross, it's uh, completely paid for by my listeners. I didn't put any money into it at all. I feel like I got a record deal after all. I left New York to sing for God, and God gave me my record deal. And so um, I was able to afford a 40-piece orchestra, wow. and I got some awesome live musicians and background singers. I never had background singers before. I always did it myself. And uh, it's a really huge production, and some of the songs are very intimate. Some of them are just orchestra in me. Others are the big band production, and I don't mean swing, a big band. I mean a, a huge, huge big production of band and orchestra and just loudness and quiet. And it's and, very emotional. And, and for the record, Paul McCartney did not make one cent off of this album. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, you know, I just, um, like I said, I'll, I'll go back and say, you know, I, I've read, I've heard what Paul McCartney said about how he wrote the song, but um, oh, yeah. God can speak, God uh, spoke through a donkey in, in the Bible. Well, and, sure, uh, there are parallels through everything. Uh, God but, can um, speak, no, I, God can speak to me yeah. through, through that song, and I believe that he did. I, I believe that was exactly the message that I needed to hear at that particular point in, in, in my life. And, and I think the larger the larger point is um, that God can meet you where you are at. Absolutely. It's also not keeping in my theme, though. My theme is sung prayers. So I, I like to stay with that. I, I know. Prayers. I just, uh, I guess, uh, got a little, um, uh, I get a little carried away because it you did. a little hopeful there. I understand. It, it, well, it did have a, it did have a, that event had a large impact on, on my life. It was exactly the message that I needed to hear just at that point. But that's okay. You don't have to record Let It Be. I'll, I'll forgive you. <laughs> thank you. I'm on that. Okay. Well, Donna, thank you so much for coming on our show. And um, it really was wonderful. Hopefully we can have you on on a future date. Um, but we are definitely going to try to put together to, to get you out here on the East Coast uh, 
for a, a concert. Now, I understand the for those who want to attend your concerts, it's free. They don't have to purchase tickets. They're always free. Yeah, we give out free uh, we give out free tickets as a reminder with the date and a physical, tangible something to remind you to come and, and maybe pass out, invite somebody else. But otherwise, there's no charge. Please come, bring a friend. That, that's wonderful. Well, God bless you again, Donna, for coming on our show. We're really thankful, Donna Corey Gibson, and uh, you have a wonderful week. And uh, I can't wait to get your new CD. I'll be one of the first ones buying it. All right, John. Thanks a lot, and God bless you too. Bye-bye. God bless you, and, and good night for Deeper Truth. And as that evening uh, went, uh, came and gone, that Wednesday evening, I will have to tell you that that was a great show. Uh, I want to thank Donna Corey Gibson for appearing on the show and would like to invite her back again. Uh, that is The power of music is so important, especially... From the heart, what uh, Saint Augustine said back in you know back in the third fourth century, he said that uh, when you sing praise, you actually pray twice because it is coming from your heart. And there is some scripture that deals with it. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, beginning with verse eighteen, it says, "Do not get drunk on wine, in which lies debauchery." But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and playing to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And so we are to keep a song in our heart. We are to allow the Lord to be uh, sung from our hearts. We're supposed to bring it out to to all. So music has a very important element to it. I mean, music in itself uh, takes you to a place where you want to be. That's what young people they want to they they grow into whom they imitate and they imitate who they admire. And when we have Christian musicians like Donna who give their life to God in prayer and in, uh, through music. Prayer through music, the, the way she does it, is so Catholic in that the uh, church liturgy, the church history with music, it's all based on uh, giving praise to God. They used to sing the Psalms. I've been to, like, for example, in Arkansas, Subiaco, where they would have the Benedictine monks there uh, sing uh, the psalms. And how beautiful that is when they sing. Uh, one side of the, uh, uh, those, you know, they would be separated into two sides, one on one side of the church and the other. Uh, they would one would take the odds and the other would take the evens and it just would be very beautiful music. Uh, Psalms 150 has a uh, final doxology. In fact, they call it a doxology. It says praise God in His holy sanctuary. Give praise in the mighty dome of heaven. Give praise for His mighty deeds. Praise Him for His great majesty. 
Give praise with blasts upon the horn. Praise him with harp and lyre. Give praise and tam- with tambourines and dance. Praise him with flutes and strings. Give praise with crashing cymbals. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise to give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. And so that is very element. God loves music. We know that he does. You go to Revelations chapter 15, uh, beginning with verse uh, 2. It says, Then I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. On the sea of glass were standing those who had won the victory over the beast and its image and the number that signified its name. They were holding God's harps, as and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and wonderful are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations, who will not fear you, Lord, or glorify your name. For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. And so music is such a powerful uh, tool that the Lord uses for his glory. And so we imitate him when we sing his praise, you know, because he is who is. And we magnify and glorify his name. Just as those who are in heaven, we are an extension. We are the church militant. And so we should maintain and keep a song in our heart. And so as we do, very powerful uh, that is to keep a song in in his heart, in our hearts. And so I'm going to uh, play a song here that I think that kind of fits with what Donna and John have been talking about. And I'll be right back.
Psalms 100 says this, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Worship the Lord with cries of gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God, our maker to whom we belong, whose people we are, God's well-tended flock. Enter the temple gates with praise, its courts with thanksgiving. Give thanks to God, bless his name. Good indeed is the Lord, whose love endures forever, whose faithfulness lasts through every age. And so we have much to be thankful for. And again, I want to thank uh, Donna for uh, coming on the show tonight, uh, or Wednesday night, and and I hope that uh, you had a chance to enjoy the re, re, uh, showing of this uh, of this interview. And and so I'm going to end this with Donna Carl Gibson singing "Restless." So everybody have a good night, and God bless.
praise the Lord. There was a prayer of a saint by St. Augustine. He said, our hearts are made for you alone, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. 